Welcome to Pursuing the Pinnacle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you will hear engaging tips and strategies in order to live your absolute best life as a Christian. So let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle. We're going to continue with our topic discussion on attitude and why our attitude is so important. Up to this point, we've looked at three major statements as to why our attitude is important, and today we're going to consider two more. It's going to be the fourth major statement that we're considering, and if you need to go back and listen to the last couple episodes so as to get caught up as to where we are, I would encourage you to do that. We're going to look at the fourth major attitude statement, which is this. Our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. And then attitude major statement number five is our attitude can turn our problems into blessings. And so let's begin with attitude major statement number four. Our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. Now, I want you to think back to a time when you had a job that was set before you, but your attitude towards that job or that task or whatever it may be was in the pits. I mean, you just did not want to do it, or you thought that doing this job was a waste of your time, or perhaps you could see the writing on the wall that this job or this task or this circumstance was not going to result in things positive in your favor. But now think about a task that you approached with a positive attitude. And it may have been a very difficult task, but you are set in mind and heart and soul to take on that task. And you're going to do whatever you needed to do to make sure it came to a completion. How did those two situations turn out for you? If you really are honest with yourself, think about how that first scenario played out in contrast to the second. You see, coaches understand the importance of their teams having the right attitude before facing a tough opponent. And why is that? Because they need their players beginning and ending well. They need their players going out onto the field or onto the court or wherever it may be with a mind well prepared to take on their opponent. Surgeons want to see their patients mentally prepared before going into surgery. They want them to have the proper attitude. And so what they do is they sit down with their patients and they discuss with them the outcomes and the possibilities, the protocols, the positives, the negatives, the risks. They do all this so that that patient is clear in mind going into the surgery, if at all possible. Job seekers know that their prospective employers are looking for more than just skill sets. They want somebody who is going to be excited about coming to work each and every day, who wants to come to work and put in a hard day's work, work an honest way for an honest pay. And so when they hire somebody, it's not just about skill sets. It's about personality. It's about how the attitude affects their day-to-day work performance. Why is all this important? It's because the right attitude in the beginning ensures success at the end. Perhaps you're acquainted with the saying, all's well that ends well. An equal truth is this, all's well that begins well. One of the key principles that I like to teach when leading evangelism studies is the importance of our attitude when sharing the gospel with others. Many times it is the way we present the gospel rather than the gospel itself that offends people. Let me explain what I mean by that. Two people can share the same news, the same good news with the same person 
and receive completely different results. And why? Usually the difference is the attitude of the person who is doing the sharing. The eager evangelist or the eager person that wants to share Christ with others says to himself, people are hungry for the gospel. They want to make a positive change in their lives, and God has placed me here in this opportunity to help them do that. Whereas the reluctant evangelist or reluctant sharer of the gospel says to himself, people are not interested in spiritual things, and they don't want to be bothered. And so why am I doing this? You see, these two attitudes will not only determine the number of attempts made in sharing the good news, but these two attitudes will also often determine the results. Can you guess which one will do better more often? You see, most projects fail or succeed before they ever begin. Think about the young mountain climber. A young mountain climber and an experienced guide were ascending a high peak in the Sierras. Early one morning, the young climber was suddenly awakened by a tremendous, frightening, cracking sound. He was convinced that the end of the world had come. The sky was falling. He was terrified. But the guide responded, it's not the end of the world, just the dawning of a new day. You see, as the sun was rising, it was merely hitting the ice and causing it to melt and crack and fall to the ground. Many times we have been guilty of viewing our future challenges as the sunset of our life rather than the sunrise of a bright new opportunity. And so here's your attitude application. Why not write down a project that you have neglected because of an unhealthy attitude toward it? And recount this major attitude statement, this this statement of our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. And think about that and go through that again and again and again, and then list all the positive benefits that will be received from the completion of your project. And remember, all's well that begins well. Raise the level of your attitude. We now turn our attention to major statement number five, and that is our attitude can turn our problems into blessings. In the book, Awake My Heart, the author J. Sidlow Baxter writes, what is the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity? Our attitude toward it. Every opportunity has a difficulty, and every difficulty has an opportunity. When confronted with a difficult situation, a person with an outstanding attitude makes the absolute best of what is before him. They make the best of it while he gets the worst of it. Life can be likened to a grindstone. Whether it grinds you down or polishes you really depends on a whole lot of what you're made of. Think on this for a second. Few people knew Abraham Lincoln until the great weight of the Civil War showed his character. Robinson Crusoe was written in prison. John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress in the Bedford Jail. Sir Walter Raleigh wrote The History of the World during a 13-year imprisonment. Luther translated the Bible while confined in the castle of Wartburg. Beethoven was almost totally deaf and burdened with sorrow when he produced his greatest works. You see, when God wants to educate a man, he does not send him to the school of graces, but to the school of necessities. And that is exactly what we find with those who are Bible characters, who we read about and have reread about on many occasions. Through the pit and the dungeon, Joseph came to the throne. Moses tended sheep in the desert before God called him for service. Peter humbled 
and broken by his denial of Christ, heeded the command to feed my sheep. Some of the greatest Christians emerge when crisis occurs. In the lives of people who achieve, terrible troubles force them to rise above the commonplace. And not only do they find their answers, but they also discover a tremendous power that was lying within themselves. And like a tempest far out in the ocean, this force within explodes into a mighty wave when circumstances seem to be overcoming. Then out steps the athlete, the author, the statesman, the scientist, the businessman. Out steps the Christian. David Sarnoff said, There is plenty of security in the cemetery. However, I long for opportunity. Here's your final attitude application for today. I want you to list two problems that are presently a part of your life. We all have problems, so it shouldn't be too difficult to at least list two of those. But besides those two problems, write down your present reactions to them. How are you responding to these problems? Are they negative responses or are they positive responses? Here's your challenge. Discover at least three possible benefits from each problem. Yes, benefits from the problem. And now attack those problems with your eyes on the benefits, not the barriers. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle, subscribing to it, and sharing it with those that you love. As always, my prayers that God be with you and that you seek Him in all things. Until next time, God bless. Oh,